Hey everybody, this is Sophie and welcome to episode 110 of the Big Boo Cast. On this episode, Melanie and I are going to answer some of the questions that you left for us on our Facebook page. So we're going to talk about summertime meals, we're going to talk about friendships and parenting, we're going to talk about writing, just a whole bunch of stuff. Before we get into all of that though, I want to take just a minute to tell you about Five Fit Fun. Now, it is a surprise to approximately zero people who have listened to more than one episode of this podcast that Melanie and I love us some beauty products, some fashion, some things that will make our lives easier. That's why Fab Fit Fun is so very fun. It's a seasonal subscription box with full size beauty, fitness, fashion, and lifestyle products. It retails for $49.99, but it always has a value over $200. There are tons of celebrity fans who love the FabFitFun subscription service. And let me tell you something. This new summer box that has come out, you do not want to miss it. It feels like Christmas four times a year when you get your FabFitFun box. And when I got the summer box, I was so delighted by just the things in there to try. And the fact that you get all these products that you might not go out and buy yourself, but then you get a chance to try them and then you wonder how you ever lived without them. So if you are interested in really good skincare, like stuff from Kate Somerville or Dr. Brand, if you are interested in really neat fashion items from people like Rachel Pally or Trina Turk, or if you like to try really great beauty products from people like Tarte or Moroccan Oil or Zoya, FabFitFun is for you. This seasonal box is going to bring you so much joy every time it arrives at your doorstep. They sell out fast, but you can get your first FabFitFun box for $10 off, which makes it only $39.99 by going to FabFitFun.com and using the code BIGBOO. Again, that's FabFitFun.com and use the code big boob treat yourself you're gonna be so glad you did Alrighty, we hope y'all enjoy episode 110 we sure are glad you're here Hey, everybody. This is Sophie. This is Boo Mama. Hey, it's Melanie. It's Big Mama. And the world is really going beautifully this week, wouldn't you say? <laughs> I, I think it's all fine. Everything is fine. It's been such an, an uneventful week. Mm-hmm. It's not like America is completely divided and each side hates each other with a venomous passion. It's uh, all fine. 
Oh my gosh. So we're going, we're going to, we, we have certainly, we have broken that down. I feel like we have broken a lot of that down. Um, especially last night, we broke some of that down. We did. But we, we will, we're going to try to laugh today. I yes. Feel like. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Because what the world needs now is to laugh. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna try to just for a just for a brief little moment in time, try to try to maybe just in, enjoy some things. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, we're gonna act like the most pressing issue on the agenda right now is, can Ashley really still be that into Thomas Ravenel? Oh, golly, you know, so I'm, I'm watching and we're not, by the way, we're not trying to be dismissive of anything happening in the world. It's all very heavy and very, very difficult. We're just, we're just not going to solve that right here today on, on our particular podcast. So. No, I don't, I feel safe to say that I don't feel like all eyes are on the big boo cast waiting to see if we can come up with a solution. I don't really feel like they are either, but I felt like you and I did a pretty good job last night. I felt like we, we, we had, we broke that thing down into some, to yes. some, some core issues. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So yes, I was watching Southern charm. I'm not finished with this week's episode. I was watching it when we actually, before we started to, to record this a little bit ago. So, okay. I haven't watched this week's either because, you know, I think I've mentioned that I have started, I started watching Riverdale and I can't yes. even describe how much I don't like it and don't recommend it. But now I'm hooked in it to the point that I have to see it out because I need to know mm-hmm. how it ends, but it's the worst darkest show. And anyway, I don't recommend it, but I'm just saying that's what I'm, <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Apparently, this summer is about me powering through some different types of entertainment. That you Um, don't enjoy, necessarily. I will not quit. Although I will say I finished the book Fitness Junkie, finally. And it ended up, the the end, and maybe I just was maybe in a better mood to read. But I will say it ended, um, I was more into it by the end than I had been in the first part of the book. Okay. All right, well, good. So it, it, it worked out for you. It picked up. It picked up. But then by comparison, which there again, I do not need condone nor endorse. You know, I read David Sedaris's new book, Calypso, and I finished it in like a day and a half. Right. Because, golly, he's easy to read. He's such a good writer. There's nobody that tells a story the way he does. Well, I actually got an email from somebody who bought the, the you know, we were talking about how we were intrigued by the When Life Gives You Lululemon's book. Yes, yes. And then I actually got an email from somebody that said um, maybe that they wouldn't recommend it. Oh, um, okay. So just sometimes, y'all, we just talk things out that we're interested in. So, yeah. So we may have to, we may have to put a little asterisk. Um, in the show notes or something that says we don't we don't know we don't know we don't know what this is we're just intrigued yes yes exactly that's it just everybody likes different types of things so mm-hmm. well I um I have not read anything this week Alex and I went to Mississippi for a few days to see my daddy and yes. um and came back yesterday and so I we watched a lot of college baseball while mm-hmm. we were there and I spent a lot of time with my cousin Paige that's and, very fun yeah it was it was fun it was good to and we we, we, we took Martha to lunch and um I bet she wore a jacket uh, no uh-huh. you know what she did not what? have a jacket on actually no. she did not what did she have on a cardigan a light cardigan no she had on a, I think a, a top that I gave her I think it was a top that I gave her for Christmas that was just a, a kind of a knit top, a blue knit top that had ruffles, like mm-hmm. it was a three quarters blue knit top, but it had oh, ruffles okay. 
like on the bottom third of the sleeves. Mm-hmm. Oh, very cute. She had on that with, with her white pants and some white shoes. She looked real cute. Mm-hmm. I believe that. That doesn't tax my imagination at all. Mm-hmm. So we went to O'Charlie's because it was Free Pie Wednesday. And, okay. and <laughs> listen. Is it as good she, as the Pippin Pie? Is this is, is, is like the well, Pippin Pie? She, she, she actually did talk about the Pippin Pie at lunch because... If you need an apple pie where the apples don't get mushy, those pippin pies, they are hard to find. But the pippin pies are the very best. You know, it's the pippin apple. It's the pippin apple. You know, it's the pippin apple. So um, anyway, Alex is officially, seriously, he is over a foot taller than she is. Yeah. And so Mm -hmm. real funny to see him side by side. But um, anyway, we went, we went to... We, well, we went to lunch and then we went, we stopped by to see some friends of ours who own a shop downtown and in my hometown. And then um, we, we did a little, a little window shopping, that kind of thing. But anyway, it was funny. Okay. Was just, well, good. Well, when she had her checkup this year, the doctor took her blood pressure and, um, and essentially she has the blood pressure of a 15 year old. She's as healthy as she can be. I mean, it's really kind of remarkable. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Her, yeah, it's something else. So, yeah. Well, right. when you eat like half a chicken breast every three days, <laughs> I would stand to reason that your blood pressure is probably pretty good. That helps. Well, yeah. She, listen, she, and you know, she still loves her sweets and all that kind of stuff, but she was, she was doing great. And, okay. um, That's good. That makes me think about, you know, my daddy, his doctor told him that his resting heart rate was is the same as Lance Armstrong's. And so this has been like about five or six years ago, which he's always been a runner. But it made me laugh because we laughed because Mimi at one point he had to they had to call. I guess did they have to call they had to call an ambulance because his back went out this is like two years ago and she said while they're like loading him and helping him up he's making sure that the paramedics know that his his heart rate he may be laying here on his kitchen floor but his heart rate by God is the same as Lance Armstrong's (laughs) that's right don't miss the important things exactly my heart is an immaculate shape my back has just given out Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well daddy is Daddy is 80. How old's daddy? Daddy's 80. I can't do math. Daddy was 86 in April. Wow. And he said, and I'll tell you what I gave him for Father's Day, some running shoes, because he walks two miles usually every afternoon. Mm. And remarkable. and quickly, I would add, like mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't take him that long to walk two miles. Yeah. So, so active and so, and so healthy. I mean, so uh-huh. crazy healthy. So I don't know, between, between Martha's genetics and daddy's genetics, I'm hoping that works out real well for Alex. Yes. Like, <laughs> if he can, if he can make good choices. Yes. Because my, I mean, just to have those two people in your family, Martha's almost 87 and just, I mean, it's, I mean, just no different than they've ever been, really. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, it really is. You see where it is about exercise and a healthy lifestyle. And 
I'm saying that as I sit here and like, I have to tell you that yesterday, so I've been, I think I mentioned that I had worked out with Caroline's like while she's doing her soccer training, I've started working out too. Mm-hmm. And I did that yesterday and he pushed me a little bit harder. And I knew yesterday afternoon, I was like, boy, my legs feel real weak, you know, like, and I'm going to tell you that I got up to go to the bathroom at three in the morning, which is a whole other story, but I got up to go to the bathroom and it was like, I got out of bed and was like, oh, um, so I'm sitting here with my legs crossed on the couch right now, and I'm not real sure I'll be able to get up after this is over. Bless it. I know. Mm. I'm, a, I'm a little sore. But so at three in the morning, I get up and I, Caroline slept with me last night because Perry was gone fishing. And so she slept in the room with me. And of course, the dogs are in there with us too. And I got up at three in the morning to go to the bathroom. And you know how when you're home by yourself, it's always a little, everything's a little more fraught with potential danger. You know, you're a little more hyper alert. And I, I don't know what was going on with Mabel, but I, I walked and you kind of go around a corner to get to our bathroom and I could see the silhouette of something like shadowed in our doorway and it scared the heck out of me. And it was Mabel just standing there by the bedroom door. And I, I don't know what, but it scared me to death. Cause I was like, there is something, there's an intruder on his hands uh-huh. and knees here in our bedroom. It scared me so bad. And so then my adrenaline, it took me forever to go back to sleep. Well, so, but did you, did you go back to sleep? I did finally. Yes, I did go back to sleep, but I let Mabel, you know, then you have that sleep logic. And so I let, Mabel out because I thought well maybe because I will say this before we had gone to bed she was by me on the couch and her stomach was making a lot of weird noises so I think Uh I was afraid she was going to be sick Uh Um, and so I let her out but then she just drank some water and came back in and then finally but I don't think I I mean it took like an hour to fall back asleep you know how you do that where I was like Uh I was so freaked out but anyway that's really not an interesting story that's just what happened to me last night well that's the worst though when you get something scares you like that in the middle of the night and you, it takes you a minute to make sense of what's actually going on. Yeah. Cause you're half asleep. So in the light of day, none of that sounds very, but last night I'm gonna tell you three in the morning, it was scary. Well, I had a dream. I think this was last, maybe last Sunday night. No, it was, it was last Saturday night. Maybe I can't remember, but it was the weekend because when I woke up, David was home. Cause I, I had to tell him about it. And Essentially, what happened was I dreamed that my mama was still alive. Like I I dreamed Mm. that I was at this hotel and I walked out and mama was sitting on a bench. And let me tell you, she looked fantastic. Like, (laughs) like her hair was on point. Her makeup Mm -hmm. looked beautiful. She was dressed to the nines, just like she always liked to be. But I had this whole internal dialogue with myself in my dream. And I know people don't like it when you talk about dreams, but this actually leads into what we're going to talk about in a minute. Okay. Um, I had this whole internal dialogue, like, oh my, oh my word, I have told people my mother is dead. Like, uh, yes. I, have, I have talked about it when I've gone to speak places and she's not, oh, I, how do I, what do I do to address yes. this with these different groups I've talked about yes. mama dying with? Yeah, like, I've been a fraud. I was so conflicted with it in my, like, I didn't know how to, and then I woke up and it was the weirdest sensation so I had to go process that with David and just say I don't okay mm-hmm. yeah, but I get it. that that actually leads into so on Facebook this past week a couple of days ago on our Facebook page I just asked people if there was anything they would like for us to talk about okay. on on the podcast yes. and my goodness did we get a lot of suggestions which is really great when you know you well, need especially content. 
when there's not much for us to talk about these yeah, days. Yeah, because it's summer. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so I'm gonna I I just went through and and listen, we can do a whole series on this if we want to. But I just I pulled seven questions for us to answer to talk through. Nice. Okay. And the first question I pulled was from Laura, who wanted to know about us dealing with loss because she said we both had experienced significant loss over the last couple of years, me with Mm -hmm. my mama and you with your friend Jen. Mm -hmm. And she wanted to know how that had affected us and how it has, how it has shaped or how it shapes our decisions or our lives, I guess, in the here and now. So, okay. Okay. Do you want to go first? Yeah. I mean, I think here, here's what I, I was thinking about when I was at daddy's, you know, these last few days, it's Mm -hmm. just, I've said it ever since mama died that grief is weird. Yeah. Because it just, it, it, I don't know. It's like it, it goes away for a second and then it just, it comes in and just tackles you to the ground Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and in the weirdest ways. And I normally, when I'm at daddy's, I just kind of go through the motions, but this, this, in terms of, I don't really get into a lot of mama's stuff. I just, you know, I'm just, I'm there like I've always been, but this time for some reason, like I, I wanted I wanted to interact with some of mama's stuff. I just wanted to see it. I don't know how to explain it. And so I went in her bathroom and opened up the cabinet where she kept all her soap and hair stuff. And, you know, mama loved her hair product, all her stuff and just stood there and smelled that smell for. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was really comforting to me. Mm -hmm. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And so I, I don't, I I don't know. I used her hair dryer. That was Mm -hmm. comforting to me. So. I don't know that it's affected my decisions as much as it has just been a reminder to me that how, how much thing, the everyday stuff matters and how yeah. much the everyday stuff sort of stays with us when somebody's gone. Not like the big extravagant, elaborate, um, yeah. you know, things that we've done together. That sounds mm-hmm. like we've all been to Paris on a, on like a, <laughs> Flying first class. I don't mean like that, but like, yeah. it's really just the everyday stuff that I, that I hold on to a lot, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's funny because I think this time of year, so it'll be two years, August 9th that Jen's been gone. And, um, and it was mid July when Gully and I drove up to Dallas to see her for the last time. And so this time of year, I feel like, and I felt like this last year, as I can tell, I really miss her, you know, because it mm-hmm. feels like, and I think the thing, the difference with a friend is, you know, Jen was always a, I mean, she, she moved to Chicago right after we graduated. So there were times in life that I would go six months and sometimes a year without seeing Jen, you know, mm-hmm. so it, it sneaks up on you because I think at first it just feels like, well, this feels normal that we haven't, you know, seen each other in six months. And then when you realize that they're not coming back, it's just a, you know, and, and I think, and you're probably like this with your mom where it, um, like something happens and I'm like, Oh, Jen would have loved that, you know, Mm -hmm. like something super funny. And I'm like, Oh, Jen would have thought that was hilarious. Or, um, my friend Tiff, we always laugh because Tiff, who's one of our other friends from college and Jen, for whatever reason, just Tiff got a hall pass on everything. She thought Tiff could do no wrong. And Mm -hmm. she was just the best, most beautiful, whatever. And Tiff and I have always had people tell us like, y'all look like y'all could be sisters. And so 
Tiff said the other day, she said it was so funny because she said a girl came to my house because Tiff bakes and said she came to pick up her cookies. And she was like, I've been doing this Bible study and the lady that teaches it reminds me so much of you. And she said her name's Melanie Shankle. And Tiff was like, well, that happens to be one of my best friends or whatever. And we got so tickled because whenever anybody would say, you and Tiffany look just alike, Jen would say, no, they don't. They don't look anything alike. (laughs) Nothing about them looks alike. Because, you know, she was so abrupt, but it just drove her crazy when people used to say that Tiffany and I looked alike or resembled each other in any way. And so when Tiff told me that, I said, oh, Jen would be so upset that somebody Mm -hmm. did that without us even being in the room together. So it's like that kind of stuff. Um, to me where I just sometimes miss her when you just think of, um, something. And it's funny cause our friend height, um, is actually at the beach, um, with Lincoln, um, Jen's little boy this week. And he's been posting pictures of Lincoln. And like, when I see link, it like takes my breath away how much he looks like Jen, like Aww. he is her carbon copy. And I know a lot of people, I'm just going to address this. A lot of people have asked me like, how are they doing? How's link doing? He's doing great. Um, but I don't feel like I'm in a weird position because I don't feel like that's my story to tell anymore. Right. So that's why I don't talk about it. Um, I, I just feel like he and his dad are doing great. They've adjusted to life. Lincoln is happy. He's seven years old now, which is just so hard to believe. And, and they're doing really well. I mean, as well as can be expected. So, um, and are still surrounded by Jen's friends and all her community up in Dallas. And mm-hmm. um, so anyway, they're they're good. But that's why I don't really talk about it that much because once Jen was out of that equation I feel like it's not my story to tell I totally Um, get that you know so um but I think in terms of decisions to me one of the things that I feel like changed is when I saw Jen in the hospital bed like one of the last times Jen was always I mean she ran marathons she was always so active she was always in some sort of exercise and so it was so weird to see her where she couldn't even walk you know, Mm -hmm. like where she was that week. Um, And it's made me, I think that's been why I've been better about exercise and working out the last two years more than I ever have, because it's that realization of I'm not going to take for granted that I can do this. I Um, think, and isn't that funny? Because that's exact, I mean, that's the exact same thing with me. And mm -hmm. and I think after mama died, it was sort of like a, a, it was sort of an eye opener about like, about Hey, guess what? Your body can only, and you know, my foot was broken at the time. So it's funny how the Lord kind of allowed all that stuff to happen at one time. And I Mm -hmm. was actually writing about this the other day because right before mama died, but right after I had broken my my foot, I was reading my devotional. It was the first of June, two years ago. And it's that Paul David trip in the new morning mercies. Yeah. And um, hold on, because I have it right here. So I'm going to. I'm going to read you what it says because I, I, I've thought about this a thousand times. It says um, you care enough to break my bones in order to recapture my heart. Mm. And, and I thought that wow. because it was a little poem that he had written to, to God. And so I've thought about that a thousand times. I think that for me, when mama died, it was such, it sounds like a cliche, but it was such a, an eye opener for me that our time really is so limited. And so we've got to take care of what we have while we have it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for me, the biggest thing I had neglected to take care of was myself. Yeah. And so um, anyway, I think about it all the time, like that, that it was such a turning point for me. I had to rehab, you know, my foot by walking, Mm -hmm. but I think I have continued to, to stick with that because of just that in the back of my mind, just that, I can 
sort of refill all those feelings I felt standing in the ICU beside her. Yeah, yeah. And Mama was always really healthy and and active and all that kind of stuff, and she lived a long life. Mm-hmm. And um, and I want to be able to do that too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. You, you can't pour into your people if you're not here to do it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, I, so I think if if anything, if it shaped any decisions, really, it's been to make me more aware of, of, I've always, I think, wanted to take care of my people, but, but it has really made me consistently aware that if I'm going to take care of my people, I have to also take care of myself. And I think that as, uh, just as, as you get older and as you know, you're dealing with whatever your work happens to be, whatever your family situation has to be, whatever happens to be, whatever your, um, friendship situation has to be because at different periods of time, you know, you might be have to get really involved in something going on with a friend. It's just super easy to to neglect yourself. Yeah, and, I agree. Um, taking care of yourself. Yeah. So because we're just sort of hardwired to to pour into whatever's right in front of us. So yeah, yeah, I think that's true. It makes you just stop. And um, I, th- I mean, I just think when you lose somebody close to you, it makes you value um life a little bit more, you know, it just makes you Mm -hmm. look at things in a new way. And so, um, and even the mundane, you know, where you're just like, I'm going to appreciate this for what it is because I know what the alternative is. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, But I mean, listen, I miss her like crazy. I mean, I, you know, I I don't think I'll ever not, not miss her. I still have voicemails on my phone that she, (laughs) that she left. Um, but I also have, you know, but it, I'm stronger, I think, in terms of my resolve to not take my life or my time for granted. Yeah, I agree with that. And I th- I think that's the whole thing about grief is you never quit missing that person. You know, I mean, you mm-hmm. just, you just don't, I mean, there's just going to always be times or things that happen or times that you wish you could pick up the phone and tell them something. And, um, and I just, that doesn't ever go away. So that's grief. Yeah. Okay. So Laura, there you go. That, that, that leads into though, a question that, that, um, that Mary asked, which is about friendship and, and how we have developed and maintained friendships that have lasted a long time. Okay. Um, go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Tell us. They're all go, but <laughs> well, here's, here's the big thing. I, I was thinking about this. I saw some of my friends from college just a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and you know, we don't see each other all the time. There are mm-hmm. some of those friends that I may see two or three times a year. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some of those friends that I may only see once a year or once every two years. Like we just don't get to see each other all that much, mm-hmm. but I really, I, I posted about this on Instagram, but there was somebody took a picture of my friend Tracy and me at dinner and it reminded me of a very similar picture of us that somebody took when we were sophomores at state and had yep. gone to New Orleans mm-hmm. um, on the spur of the moment, as you do if you go to college in the South. Yes. And um, and I thought, you know, just based on our sort of our posture in those pictures, I thought you you lean in and mm-hmm. you hold on loosely. Yeah. And I think where friendships get sideways is where people tend people want to hold on with all their might. Yeah. Like. You know, That's good. they want to yeah. hold on. They want to smother instead of lean. And I yeah. think you've just, you've got, I think you and I both see this the same way. Like you've got to, there's got to be a whole lot of grace, yeah. a whole lot of understanding 
life is busy and there are times when it gets um, really full and yeah. you just got to bear with one another through those different seasons. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so true. It's funny because Gully and I were even talking about that this week because our lives have changed so much. I mean, and we live a mile away from each other, you know, I mean, we're, we're right here, but you know, summers when the kids were little, it was like the two of us at the pool with the kids every day. I mean, we, I mean, Caroline and I would go over to her house in the morning and we'd start our day together and we would end our day together, you know, like we were just Mm -hmm. in our bubble and we loved it, you know, where we were, and it just doesn't look like that anymore because of the season, you know, it's like the kids Mm -hmm. all have their own things and they're going and, you know, they don't want to go to the pool and sit in the grass and eat chicken nuggets anymore. I can't imagine why, you know, and so it's just a different season. So we're like, okay, it's summer, but we're not really seeing each other any more than we did during the school year. You know, we have to, we have to make time, you know, like we have to say, we're going to go to dinner this night or we're going to, you know, try to get together then because it just, it doesn't happen. We're just in a different season. And then I look and kind of go, it's probably going to swing back the other way mm-hmm. in, a, you know, several years when we're both empty nesters and that'll be different, you know, to where we will be able to go eat whenever we want or go run around whenever we want. But it's like right now we're both in that stage of you know, we're waiting on these teenagers all the time. Where are they going? Yeah. What time are they going? What time do we have to pick them up? And you can't really plan because that's just where life is. Yeah. I mean, I think it's true even with you and me. I think when mm-hmm. our kids were younger, it was so much easier. Like they would take naps and things. Yeah. It was much more conducive to getting on the telephone mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and processing some things. And now it just, you kind of move from one stage of the day to the next to the next. And it's it's so much harder to to talk yeah. like it's just well because they listen so you, they're listening to everything uh, you say listen david and i were talking about something the other day and alex chimed in just like he'd been a part of the original conversation oh yeah absolutely and i said what in the, what in the world he was like see the key is you put on your headphones <laughs> but you actually don't listen to them uh-huh yeah mm-hmm. that's it so they make so you they think, do they listen mm-hmm. to everything and so it's it, it's just hard and then but you just know, like, this is just what it is right now. This is not uh-huh. what it's going to be forever. And yeah. and you just kind of have to make your way through it as best you can without, you know, getting all tangled up about the fact that maybe maybe you don't get to talk every day. Maybe you don't get to talk every week. Maybe you're just talking it once every couple of weeks uh-huh. to somebody. But uh-huh. You make the most of of whatever you have time wise and whatever they have time wise. Yeah. And you have to get and you have to give grace because I just think Mm -hmm. that I mean, things are going to get sideways or somebody's going to say something to hurt the other one's feelings and all that stuff's going to happen. And and maybe that's part of learning, like even talking about Jen earlier, like we would laugh because I mean, she would come for the weekend and she would leave and I'd be like, well, I don't care if I see her again for a year because she made me Mm -hmm. so mad about because she was so she would just you know, she'd just tell you like it was. And, but then you just realize like, oh, that's who she is. Like, that's part of her charm, you know? And, um, Mm -hmm. and it's the things that you would miss where you're like, it can drive me crazy, but it's also the thing that I love about them. So, um, you just have to kind of roll with it. And yeah. And I think you, you have to also make up your mind, like, Hey, as long as this situation is healthy, because sometimes things can get unhealthy. And at that point, I think, you know, you've got to, you've got to make a decision that's wise. Yeah. But as long as things are healthy, like I, I want to, I want to be loyal. Yeah. I I don't want to be, I don't want to be somebody who, who sort of darts away when things get hard or who doesn't, 
have a difficult conversation when it's necessary because I don't happen to like conflict. Like I want to be loyal. Yeah. And, um, and I think what's interesting is maybe you start to recognize what you want to be in other people, Mm -hmm. but golly, I feel like the people in my life, the the long-term friendships and even the shorter term friendships, so grateful for the loyalty of, of other people who haven't given up on me when, you know, maybe I've been a real jerk or, you know, Mm -hmm. I've been hard to deal with, or I've been real self-righteous or I've been a real know-it-all or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm really grateful for friends who are loyal and who, who bear with you in, in your, in your hard days as well as your good days. Yeah. Because we're all going to have them. And I think that, you know, I always go back to is you can make new friends, but you can't make old friends, you know, Mm -hmm. and there's just something about the people that have known you since you were, you know, 19, 20, or even further back than that, where it's just like, they just, they've been with you through a lot of life, you know, and it's just, you can't replace that. So, um, but then I would also encourage people if you're like, well, I, you know, I've lost touch with my old friends or whatever. I look at you and think at one point you were a new friend, but guess what? 12 years later, you're my old friend. That's the other thing is as much as you may want to say, and I feel like I did for a long time, my college friends are my very best friends. I don't need any new friends. Yes. But like, but, but think about, I mean, you and I, especially this particular phase of our lives and, and specifically the writing phase of our lives, like all our memories are together. Yeah. Just about, Mm -hmm. even when we haven't, even when we've done different things or what, I mean, like we have processed all of that stuff yeah together yeah and so you got you you gotta yeah you, you you gotta be on the lookout for the fact that the lord may may give you somebody new because he's about to do something new and you're gonna need somebody to walk through that with because yeah. guess what my college friends don't care one thing about it's the, i mean they're, they're supportive yes. i don't mean that yeah. but like but I would bore them to tears talking about sort of the intricacies of the writing side of my life. Yeah. God love them. They just, you know, be laid out on the floor. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's so, it's so neat to me that we've been able to walk through all that together. Yeah, I agree. And I think that there are other things too. And I think it's funny because I'm, I have a whole thing right now, but I can't, it's too much to get into, but it's rolling around in my head of like, there are also seasons too. And I think, you know, there, there were women that I was close to when we all lived around each other and our kids were toddlers and we were, they were all in preschool together and we've kind of lost touch as everybody's gone different directions, but God mm-hmm. brought them into my life for that season. And so, that's right. there, you know, you don't have to, not every friend you make or every person you come across is going to be a forever person either. You know, I mean, that's I right. think, I think those are the rare thing, which is why you, treasure those and hold those so close because it's the realization of some friendships are going to, are going to fade away and, and not because anything happened, not because there was some big thing necessarily, but just because life changes and you're in different seasons and it just is what it is, but they were in your life for that time. So are you trying to tell me that this is over? This is over. So it's been a good run. (laughs) I've really enjoyed getting to know you. I wish you all the best, but it's, it's time. It's time. Um, You know, but I just think there are people that for whatever reason, it's like they either they move away or you lose touch or whatever. And it just is what it is sometimes. So Uh, it it really is like you just kind of have to stay in the moment with it, I think, because as women, especially, I think, and I know some men do this too, but we get in our heads Uh and we and we want to make somebody a forever person who maybe is just like you said, just there for a little period of time for for reasons we may not ever fully 
flesh out. So hold on loosely. Yeah. And I think that's so to kind of finish, I didn't really go with my whole thought, but I just think that what God is really showing me right now is life is seasons. And just because Mm -hmm. a season comes to an end doesn't mean that it was a failure. It just means that that season came to an end. And so it's just realizing like that's the natural ebb and flow in life. There are going to be things that begin and there are going to be things that end. And that's just the way life goes. Mm -hmm. So that's a good word. There you go. Hey, y'all, this is Sophie, all by myself in the middle of the podcast, because I want to talk to you about Care Of. Care Of is a monthly subscription vitamin service made from effective quality ingredients, personally tailored to your exact needs. Y'all, this is the neatest thing, because here's the deal. Even when you try to maintain a healthy diet, it can be hard to get all the nutrients that your body needs for long-term health and vitamins can fill in the important gaps. Vitamins can also give you an extra boost where you might need it. So Care Of has the neatest service. First of all, you go to their website and you do this really fun online quiz that helps you figure out what vitamins and supplements you specifically need. The quiz asks you about your diet and your health goals and your lifestyle. And after you have filled out all of that, it makes personalized recommendations for a vitamin pack that's designed just for you. Every month you get a subscription box that includes individually wrapped packets with your specific vitamins and supplements for easy grab and go. You get a 30 day supply shipped right to your door. You don't have to worry about replacing multiple bottles when you run out or missing a few days until you can make it to the store. Those little packets have everything that you need right there in them. You can modify your subscription at any time. And even better is this cost about 20% less when you compare it to similar brands at local drug and health food stores. Several weeks ago, I took the care of quiz. Melanie did this too, and it it told us what it recommended for us. And so now I have these little packets every morning designed just for me with some vitamin D that I need, some vitamin C that I always need, and then a, a couple of other things that are really beneficial to my health. Those little individual packets are so convenient to throw into your purse or to throw into your suitcase if you're going out of town without having to divvy out all your vitamins for a certain period of time. So if you would like to try Care Of, this is your lucky day because you can get 25% off your first month of personalized Care Of vitamins by going to TakeCareOf.com. That's TakeCareOf.com and using the promo code BIGBOO. 25% off your first month of personalized Care Of vitamins by going to TakeCareOf.com and using the promo code BIGBOO. Alrighty, back to episode 110. Okay, so let me see what question. Oh, okay. How about, how about this? Um, <laughs> I'm Allison, what now? I'm scared with what you said. How about this? I was like, oh, what? Oh, no. Okay. I know it's going to tickle you. Okay. So, so Allison wanted to thank us for talking, not talking about politics, which, <laughs> <laughs> you know, for me, especially is a struggle sometimes, mm-hmm. but, uh, um, so she wanted to, to thank us for not talking about politics, but she wanted to know if we like to do any crafts. Uh. <laughs> Oh, Allison, 
Oh, bless it. Allison. I know. Um, but do you remember, though, that there was that summer? As much as, you know, I really don't like a craft. But, you know, part of my problem with the craft is is that I get fully obsessed if I get into a craft. Because do you remember the summer that I bought Caroline that loom and then I ended up making like 64 pot holders? <laughs> I, do. I do. I think Allison. No, we don't do crafts because it brings out the absolute worst. Yes. Yeah. Because as much as I would say that I also hate a craft, mm-hmm. I can harken back to in fifth grade when Alex had to do a scrapbook That's from his exactly Washington teacher. Yes. And it it activated something in me that mm-hmm. was um, distressing. Yeah. Because all I could think about was that scrapbook. Mm-hmm. And once I had, had found out that there was such a thing as washi tape, I was... I was consumed by it. I was consumed by the the papers for the scrapbook. I mean, like I could, I could barely function uh-huh. for thinking about that scrapbook. It triggers. And I would go back to Melanie Shankle <laughs> when Caroline had to do the floats for Fiesta. Oh, the shoebox floats. Those for floats. Fiesta. Oh my gosh, those floats. You know what is so funny about those floats is, so these were these Fiesta floats that we, Caroline used to have to make in preschool because for Fiesta here, you have these big decorated floats. And so for preschool, you would have to make a shoebox float. And um, this year, my neighbor across the street, she has a four-year-old. And she texted me and she said, I was trying to find good ideas for my daughter's float. And I Googled and looked what came up. And it was the floats that I had made for Caroline. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I laughed and she said, I'm glad to know that somebody else is as crazy as me. And so, and I laughed and I said, oh yeah. And I bet your daughter's really helping you with that float. And she sent me a picture of her daughter taking a nap on the couch with like her pacifier, you know, with her like stuffed animal, like in her blanket or whatever, while she had like all her craft stuff down on the floor to make Mm -hmm. the float. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. It brings out the worst in you. Mm -hmm. She's making some tissue paper flowers. Uh I, um, I don't know. I said, no, I don't like a craft mainly because I can't, I I don't have what it takes to enjoy it. Yes. I have what it takes. That's about it. I have what it takes to stress about it, Mm -hmm. but I do not have what it takes to enjoy it. I did used to like to paint. Like that was very relaxing for me to Mm -hmm. just paint. I remember when you went through that painting season and you'd go buy those canvases. Yes. I remember that. Yes. Yes. And I think probably if I were, if I, if, if I were to go buy a bunch of blank canvases, I would probably enjoy that again. Mm -hmm. But everything now gets run through the filter of, um, this is, this is time I could be writing. This is time I could be writing. This is time I could be writing. And so, so yeah, Yeah. I I honestly, if I go into a situation and, and anybody says the words, first, we're going to do a craft, Mm -hmm. I'm going to find a way to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not forever, but I'm going to, I'm going to station myself in another room. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't, I don't enjoy it. No, I don't either because I want it. Here's the problem. I want to be, when I do crafts, I want to be better at crafts than I am. And Mm -hmm. then I'm frustrated because I'm not, because it doesn't look like whatever that thing on Pinterest looked like. And so then I'm just mad. Mm -hmm. So I just, I pretty much stay away. That was never one time would I say, I'm going to knit something to relax. You know, that wouldn't be something that come out of my mind. I have realized I'm the same way really about a home improvement project. I spent about, about 15 years thinking that I could really be a pretty good do it yourselfer Mm -hmm. and thinking that, you know what? I can't, I cannot. Uh, uh, nope. It's just, it's not for me. It's not, 
not my gift. I agree. That's funny because we got new bathroom cabinets in our master bath like last summer at this time, and they're unpainted. And I keep, I need to hire somebody to come paint them, but I just haven't wanted to because I haven't wanted to deal with people in my house. And, and so I'm just like, eh, it'll be fine. And then the other night I was like, I'm just going to, I'm home. I'm just going to paint those cabinets. And I woke up the next morning mm-hmm. and it was that thing of like, what were you thinking? You're not going to paint these cabinets. And so they may just stay unpainted for, you know, I don't know, for a long time till they drive me crazy, which hadn't happened yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, well, you know, I think we're the same in that we're good, like 85 percenters mm-hmm. in terms of we'll, we'll, we're going to, we're going to give up somewhere close to the end on most yeah. things. That's why the writing stuff is such a revelation to me and, yeah. and such a constant shock to me that I have actually finished books. Yeah. I'm such an 85 percenter. Yeah. I can look at something forever that's not finished and be like, yeah, yeah, I know. Well, and that's the problem with our master bathroom is like, we really don't, we're the only ones that use it. Like, so nobody's in there. Like if it were our main bathroom, I might feel a little more, but I'm like, yeah, we don't care. So it's fine. It. Yeah, it's all fine. I, I, okay. So Tammy wanted to know um, what prompted us to write back before we thought we were going to write books. I feel like we've probably talked about this before. Yeah. But I don't know when. So I feel it's just probably easier to talk about it again. I mean, I think to me, I always liked to write and writing was maybe that was my craft is like that writing was an outlet for me. Like I like to write down my thoughts and I like to write down my feelings. And then really what prompted me to start writing on the blog was just to, I wanted to keep up with like what was going on with Caroline at that point. Like I wanted to write down our memories and things she was saying. And there was just, it felt like there was so much going on and um, I just wanted to tell stories. And so that was really what started it for me. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. It was, I just wanted a way to kind of document what was going on in our lives. And, and the blog was a good way to do that. It was mm-hmm. just a, a nice little place. It was also sort of, it was like my own little place in a way when mm-hmm. Alex was little and you don't feel like you have a lot of stuff that's just yours. Yeah. And so I just wanted, I wanted to document it. And when I started it, it was like it, it activated something in me that I had forgotten about, yeah. which was how much I loved to tell stories. Yeah. And so I mean, really, for 10 years, I feel like I just told a lot of stories. Mm-hmm. And um, but then when I started to write book, well, really for eight years, probably. But then when I started to write books, it, it the 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 daily discipline of a blog becomes a, a lot harder, or at least mm-hmm. it did for me. For some people, I think they can continue to do both. But I can't make my brain run on two tracks. Yeah. So the writing part of my brain, I can't make it run on two tracks. And so I have not for really the last probably four years documented very well on my blog, but I kind of save my stories now for, for the books. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. I think it's hard to find that balance. Cause I feel like for a while I really tried to keep doing both and I did both, but then it became almost more for me, the stage of life we were in where I was like, there's just so much going on now that I can't necessarily tell because it's Caroline and she's old enough yeah. that she doesn't want all that out there. And, you know, so, um, you know, I don't want people walking up to her being like, well, I heard you, blah, blah. You know, I'm like, that's not fair to her. So, um, so that it's kind of more of a, it was a combination of season and life. Plus I'm out of all the words. Yeah. Well, and I think too, if I were really like, if I were to blog right now, re- as regularly as I did in the beginning about stuff, mm-hmm. um, 
one, it would probably get political, which nobody nobody wants that for me yeah. because I do think about all that stuff so much. Mm-hmm. The second thing is it, it would just be so boring. I yeah. mean, like, oh, my word. So then I went to Publix and it was $2.99 Tuesday yeah. at Fresh Market. So I got some chicken. Yes. And then I ran by Jimmy John's to get a, sam- a sandwich for Alex. I mean, it's just it's so not. Just and the funny stuff that happens, like in parenting uh-huh. and and Alex's life, those aren't my stories to tell. Yeah, so I agree. I agree. So, but again, I think the tide could turn in uh-huh. a few years. We'll just we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I will say though, in working on on what I think will be the next book, it has. I went through about a year where I really didn't care much about writing anything down at all. Mm-hmm. After mama died and after finishing the devotional book, I have never in my life craved a break from it like I did. Yeah. And so it's been interesting just even in the last month or so, how I can feel my brain kind of turning back into storytelling mode yeah. a little bit yeah. and, and seeing the day-to-day stories and all that kind of stuff. And that's fun. Mm-hmm. I like being in that, in that space in my head. Yeah. I like kind of thinking about, how I would narrate something, mm-hmm. but I, but I just, um, I don't know. I'm so grateful that, that I had a place to write all that stuff down. Yeah. You know, when I, whenever I started the blog I'm, and I'm really glad it's all there. I just, it shifted a little bit over the years. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, I think the blog was good because I think it gave me the confidence. And I think especially back in the early days of blogging, when you'd write something and you'd get feedback and people would say, this is so funny, or this is great or whatever, because it gave me what I needed to kind of keep going and keep working on it, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think if I hadn't had that, if I'd just been writing in a journal, if the internet didn't exist, if blogs didn't exist, I don't know that I would have been like, well, I'm going to turn this into a book, you know, like I think it took because I mean, we both know it took, you know, literary agents approaching us or talking to us or publishers saying, would you like to write a book? And I mean, none of that would have happened without the blog ever. And so I'm so grateful for that. I just think it's, I don't know where my voice is going. Um, But I I look and think um, the writing was such a discipline for so many years where I would make myself right. And I'm saying like to me after having, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've have I've had like 74 books come out in the last 12 months. And so oh, sure. <clears throat> and yeah. so I was saying I was so burnt out, but I can tell my brain is I'm same as you were like, I, I haven't really gotten going on the next book yet. But I can tell my brain is in that mode, because I'm back to that thing where I'll be in the shower. And I'm like, Oh, that's a really funny way to say that or whatever. Mm-hmm. And for a while that had shut off in me. And I think I had gotten scared that it wasn't ever going to come back. Um, so there's a relief in a in a familiarity and a gratitude for going, okay, this that part of me has not in fact died, like it was just really buried under how much I had done. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, if you think about the rhythm of writing, I think it's easy to feel like, well, I've got to keep writing. I've got mm-hmm. to keep writing. I've got to keep writing. But there's a piece in there of some rest and some, some, I don't know, and backing off from it a little bit that for me at least is helpful. Yeah. Because, I mean, we've said this before, but there is the very real reality that if all you're doing is writing, you're missing out on the living. Yeah. And so you've got to give yourself some space and some time to just live if you want to have something to write. Yeah. And and that's not easy Mm-mm. from the perspective that you feel like if you don't keep writing, especially if you're publishing books, then people will go away or they'll they'll quit 
they'll quit reading or you're like you said, you're going to lose your ability to get that stuff on paper or whatever. So there is there's some I don't know, there's some trust that has to develop in there that it's okay to step back for a minute. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with that. Hey y'all, it's Sophie. Please don't be alarmed. Here's the situation we're dealing with. When I started to edit this podcast episode, I thought we would be able to get to all seven questions, but it's really too long. And because we do not want you to have to give up a third of your day to listen to this particular episode, here's what's going to happen. We're about to wrap it up. And then next week, you'll hear the rest of the questions. So you're about to hear me mention all seven questions, but you haven't heard them yet. And I don't mean to confuse you, but I just wanted to let you know what's going on. Just trying to keep it manageable for y'all to listen. Okay, good talk. Thanks a bunch. But thanks to all of you who left questions. And thanks particularly to the, the seven of you who left the questions we answered today. Yes, it was so fun. That was it was nice to have a podcast where we had a agenda and a plan. It's it's a novel concept. It is a novel concept. So, well, this has been more fun. More fun. Okay. Well, I'm on. I'm going to go and um, get ready to watch my bulldogs play at two o'clock. Uh, well, I will be cheering for the bulldogs. Thank you so much. We're playing Oregon yep. State, and yep. if we win, we go to the championship series of the college. So exciting. World. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. All right. Well, we will we will all be watching. Yes, yes. Uh, and and hopefully um we will be victorious. But regardless, it has been such a fun run. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, um, well, may God be with the Bulldogs. Thank you. All right. Well, bye okay. everybody. Bye, everybody. We'll talk to y'all later. <laughs> Live as friends